0: To the Art Problems Podcast, episode 15. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is a podcast where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And today I want to talk about networking and why you should be worried if you're networking a lot. Now, I know you're probably thinking, What? (laughs) I recognize that there is some irony in me saying something like this when I run a membership called Netfark. But bear with me there is nothing wrong with being part of a network or community i think the issue that most of us face when we think of networking though is that it feels gross like contacting people you don't know seems like a bad idea in general when you get an email from someone you don't know It often seems like it's related to NFTs or blockchain investment, quote unquote, opportunities, ways to grow your Instagram and things that require quote unquote action, or I mean that literally, you know, you're supposed to take action on whatever spammy thing somebody is sending you. And you don't want to be in the bucket of people who are asking for things they have no business asking for. In fact, you probably don't wanna be asking for things in general. And so on today's podcast, I'm gonna talk about four ways, actually, not four, five ways to give up networking forever. So let's dive in. So the first way to give up networking is not to write emails and DMs if it feels gross. So first, let me say that if you're trying to write an email that invites somebody to do something as simple as coming to your opening, but it feels gross, trust your gut. Chances are there is something in the email or event organization that isn't right. And that's something that we deal with in Network a lot so that you can you know, create emails and invitations that really work for you. Now, I'm not saying don't send the email. If you have an upcoming show, you should be sharing it on social media and inviting friends and professionals via email as well. But you should be giving them a reason to come when you send an email to an individual, right? So, That might mean inviting them to the show and then drinks afterwards right? so you can get caught up. You can tell collectors that because they liked one particular work, they might really like another. People like to be thought of. So when you can tell a collaborator that you want them to see how the lessons that you learned together have translated into your new work, like they were already going to be invested but now you've given them a really specific reason they're going to be able to see themselves in this the the gist of this here is that you're not asking them to do something for you and if you were that that's when it feels gross right you're helping them connect with something they already have a pre-existing interest in doing your job is to identify that interest. And that's the reason that boilerplate emails that talk about how excited you are to announce your show only go so far. The personal invites are what make a difference, but that requires a certain amount of thought and research on your part. So if you are not working, you're doing things wrong. If you're researching, you're doing them right. Now the second, the second is understanding that transactional exchange is icky. Networking is about gathering exchange, like information and research, not transactional exchange. So making a sale is about exchanging money for a product. Networking, when done right, shouldn't feel like an exchange at all. It's more like research and resource sharing. All of which is to say that if you're worried that making an ask will be unwelcome, you probably shouldn't be making it in the first place. Asks should not feel like asks. Or maybe they feel like asks, but like the reason for making them should always be that someone else will benefit and i always think that the nonprofit world has a really good way of dealing with asks because the role of an executive director is basically to spend all day asking people for money and that like just categorically won't feel good but as an executive director you they never ask for money directly they ask for involvement and help in a mutually invested cause and people generally offer up the way they can help support the organization the best so this principle extends to everything including your studio so if you invite somebody to your studio and I would encourage you to invite them to your studio rather than asking them because an invite is coveted just like that's just a simple mindset shift Ask them for guidance. Ask them for feedback on your work. You're not asking them what color you think that they should, you should be painting the thing, but like you want their feedback. Tell them what you're hoping to do with the work and see what they say. You don't have to explicitly ask anything, you're just leading the horse to water. You can say at the end of the visit, you hope that you can work together on something you know when it makes sense just leave that there but you don't have to be directly asking for anything because it's probably going to feel weird and aggressive when you do sometimes it makes sense and you'll know when that is because most the most important thing you can do is to listen to everything that person tells you before you make any kind of Of ask if that's what you're going to do. What they say will tell you whether it's the right time to ask and how to frame it. And if it's not the right time to ask, also know that this can change. You know, if a studio visit doesn't make sense for them now, it doesn't mean that it won't make sense in a year from now. People change jobs all the time, they change priorities, your work will change. What doesn't work for someone today could easily work for them a year or two years from now. So just, I think, keep in mind the long game for this. Now, number three in the ways to give up networking entirely is to not let your brain convince you that an exchange is more transactional than it is. Because one of the things that our brains will do is it will tell us that we're doing something icky or transactional, and really we're not. So there are a lot of reasons that we can come up with for not emailing a contact. And we've probably thought about all of these things, like, Oh, I didn't go to their most recent show. I didn't tell, I didn't email them back about something they asked because I was too busy, right? Like there are all sorts of ways in which we fail in our communications. The upshot is either we don't connect with these people at all, or we create uneven social exchanges. So, you know, we we might say thank you for things when we should be expressing excitement. You know, thank you for reading this email. Like, fuck you. (laughs) You should read this email. It's important. You know, or we say things, sorry for things that don't warrant an apology. Oh, I'm sorry for disturbing you. Like, I know how busy you must be. Like, no, your calendar is just as important to anybody else's. So Don't add things like you're sorry or thank you for things that are just they're doing commonly. It creates an uneven social dynamic. The only one keeping the scorecard is you. And it exists so that you frame exchanges that you fear as transactional that really aren't so that you won't do them or you'll mess them up effective networking is not transactional it's information exchange and i think the more we stop thinking about networking as networking the better which brings me to my fourth point stop contacting people when you don't hear back that's a very aggressive form of networking except when it makes sense to keep contacting them now I know that this is a lot to take in at once. Yes, do one thing, uh, don't do one thing, and then do the other. But it really, it's just common sense. If you don't hear back from somebody when you've at, emailed and asked them a direct question, they're sending a message. Now, it could be something like, I don't have the answer for you right now, so I have not emailed you back, but... If you're sending an an email that says, I've emailed you three times about purchasing my work and I'm just wondering if you're still interested, you don't need to send that email. They're not interested. You've emailed them three times, right? So I would say that in general, though, it's the opposite problem that people have where they're not doing enough contacting. Uh, So on the other hand, if you don't hear from somebody for a while, it doesn't necessarily mean that your relationship is done. Most new relationships don't amount to opportunities, be it press, show, talks, you know, and it takes a really long time for those opportunities to materialize. You know, it's not unusual for it to take six months to a year, and that's the minimum. The fact is, A lot of variables have to be aligned for opportunities to materialize. And that's why it's so important to keep in touch with people, even when you're not actively working on projects with them. You know, if all you're doing is talking about yourself, though, it's going to feel icky. So if you're sending out a newsletter, for example, it's really helpful to ask, even in a mass mailer, ask people, Or invite them to email you back. I'd love to hear from you. Getting a response from people is always, there's no negative side to that. Now, social media and newsletters serve the purpose of keeping in touch with people. And often, you know, with these mass, like with these social mediums, we often never learn who is paying attention exactly, right? And you can send a curator, you'd like to work with like a press release for a show. And then like a year later, an article, you think they might be interested. And then you might only hear from them when you read a mention of your work quoted in the newspaper, right? Just because somebody isn't responding to you doesn't mean that they're uninterested. It means that they don't have anything that they can do with you at that particular point, but it doesn't mean that that can't change. So my point here is that it's important to stay consistent. I recently spoke with a curator who told me that she had a show that she was working on that got put off. And it was like put off for like three to five years, which meant that an artist that she had been planning to work with like probably won't hear from her for about that long. She felt bad about it, but then she also had zero time because one of the reasons this artist was not going to hear from her for a while was because there had been cutbacks at the museum. This kind of thing happens all the time, so it's important to know that, but also know that, you know, last-minute shows, last-minute changes can also happen. So you want to be, like, if you want to be on somebody's mind for a show, they have to be seeing your work. So don't think about this as networking. You know, don't think about this as being annoying. You're just letting them know. And most friends will get mad if you don't tell them about a show. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're sharing that information. And the good news is with communications of all forms is that this is something you have direct control over. So don't give that up because that is a a really big thing. finally, I want to encourage everyone in the ways to give up networking is to just give up the networking agenda. Now, what I mean by that is when you go to openings, and you have a goal of meeting people. Now, there are a couple of ways this plays out. One is you go to openings, you have the goal of talking to the most important people. That is insanely stressful and counterproductive. Usually, when I go anywhere with that kind of goal, none of that happens because I get too shy. Other times, you know, you can end up being really rude. So, you know, talking to somebody as if uh, they're the least important person in the room because you're looking for the next most important. So going to openings with the fear of knowing no one though, or having having very few people to talk to, is very normal. So just bring a friend. You're always going to end up talking to someone you didn't know, and if you don't, if it's just you and the friend talking, so what? You know, like we gotta just like lower the stakes here. It's good to get caught up with people. So the other thing I want to say is just give up on remembering names if that's hard for you. Now the last podcast, Julie Pepito, talked about this with me, and she said that she just would tell people that she had a hard time remembering names and would sometimes write them down. That is a perfectly acceptable way of managing that. I never write anybody's name down, and that is much to my detriment because I don't remember anybody's name. So I think, though, the thing that I really want everyone here to take home about networking is that if you can just lower your expectations for pretty much everything, The whole art game gets a lot more fun because goal isn't only to meet the most important people. The goal is to have fun so that you'll do it again. If you go out regularly, you'll always come away with more information than when you started. That's the only goal. You know, if you add goals on top of that, like, oh, I want to get a show, I want to get these specific opportunities, doesn't work out that way. It's, you're going to end up frustrating. If I called what I do networking, I would never do it. It's terrifying. But for me, you know, the thrill of research, the the, the thrill of learning, the thrill of connecting with people, that, bring it on. Thank you for listening to the Art Problems Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review and share it with a friend. It really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you. You can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art slash podcast.